welcome back to episode number seven uh, of the Daily Traders podcast. There we go. Turn up my mic. Thank you. That's perfect. Hey, I'm your host, Mark. This is Jack, and we're back. Um, I just got back from vacation, took a week off, much needed vacation, but um, I think it's important that everyone just, it doesn't matter what you do, everyone needs a vacation, especially traders, because it's a stressful job. I was getting stressed the last month and a half has been a lot between recording the podcast, recording the YouTube videos, and trading, uh, and so I'm back and I feel like motivated and inspired and ready to go and ready to make some really good trades and ready to you know make a good podcast today. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Little disclaimer we got to put in here. Uh, we are not financial advisors. We cannot give financial advice. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as financial advice. The full disclaimers is uh, in the description below. So check that out um, before listening. All right. Thanks. Did you miss trading when you were away? I did, and I was tempted to trade, and I was saying this to my assistant, uh, I have ruined so many vacations uh, by putting on a trade. Yeah, because you're just obsessed with that position, and you're constantly monitoring it. Yeah, there, I mean, it's inevitable that if you have a trade on, that's always going to be in the back of your mind, and so I remember the last vacation I was on, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to trade. I was on the airplane. I thought it would be cool to, like, you know, put on a trade in the airplane, take on a trade. I took yeah. on the trade. It was just meant to be like a scalp. And then I ended up getting stuck in that the whole vacation. And it like <laughs> just kind of ruined it. You got stuck in a scalp? That's pretty unreal. I don't, I'm not going to get into How detail. How do you get stuck in a scalp? Um, you got to explain that. Let's just that. say I didn't want to take a atrocious loss. Now this was back when I yeah, was Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds kind of like very, a Yeah, very rookie. newbie. It was a rookie move. And I was down like $2,000. Um, on a short position and the contracts expired at the, at the end of the week. Um, and I held them into the next day. I was on the plane when the market closed, just decided to hold it. Uh, and then the next day I was down even worse and I held that position until expiration and ended up losing like 98% on on those contracts. Yeah. It sounds like a newbie mistake. Yeah. That was like three years ago. So don't do that. And, um, (laughs) That was a good little trading story. And I know people nice. enjoy the trading stories. So uh, we're going to try to, you know, talk about some some more trading stories. Specifically, yeah. my trading stories from LA, which we were scheming last night. We went out to dinner and we got a bunch of, uh, a bunch of fun stories to talk about. Nice. Yeah, something I've noticed is that um, a, a lot of the ones that do well in the TikTok are the ones where we're losing money. I know. And... and I have to put the caption of like DM us whatever on Instagram. It's also annoying because a lot of the trades that we lost money were our first trades, yeah. right? When our first trades kind of when we started to get it. So we were trading with larger positions and we were mm-hmm. losing more. That's ultimately when we were losing the most money. And, um, people, there's just no context in the clips. So people are like, these guys are idiots. Why would you ever, oh, what did I do? I said, I, cause it seems like it's a current thing. Yeah. And it's just not, it's just like stupid mistakes that we made at the beginning of the trading, but they're funny and they're interesting. And that's why they get the most views and they lack context. So it's an issue. Yeah. But, um, I was also on vacation and unlike you, I did take some trades nice. and I am shooting myself in the foot right now because, um, I was with my grandparents. I don't see them too often. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just exit these trades. And um, I took like a small win on it and it just shot up. Like it just went parabolic up and I missed out on thousands of dollars just by, oh. it was just a stupid mental error. I was like, you know what? I'm up and like, I'm up a good amount on this trade. I, I know it like, you know, it wasn't even close to the level where I was going to take profits, but I was like, whatever. I'm with my grandparents. I should just, I should just 
take profits and ignore trading for the rest of the week. And I did that and I lost out. I lost a lot of money. Or I didn't lose. It was money I could have made, but that one definitely hurt a little bit. Yeah, but I feel like when it comes to like family and spending time with family, like I always like now try to prioritize that over trading. Because I used to prioritize trading, but now, you know, it's it's important to spend time with your grandparents. So don't I wouldn't consider that a loss. Consider that a win. Yeah, right? no, no, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't a loss. I probably learned. You know, I think something that's super important in trading is learning to. No, there's no such thing as a loss as long as you're able to learn from it. Like mm-hmm. if you lose money and you learn from it, that's not a loss to me. You know what I mean? Like let's say you have yeah. a really bad day trading, you make some really bad mental errors, but you learn from it and you start doing. You, you know, it's pretty unrealistic to say I'm never going to make this mistake again. But if you mm-hmm. learn from it and then are aware of the mistakes that you made. I think that's a win because yeah. that's ultimately how you get better. So looking at losses as losses is not necessarily a good way to improve. Yeah, I agree with that. I was, um, so I'll talk about this story because I think it, it's, it's an inspirational one. Yeah. And I know people like the inspiration. So I was in LA. I obviously, so I lived in that mansion with a bunch of these influencers uh, for like a month and a half, um, right in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And I was waking up early. Everyone was sleeping in. And there were a, there were a lot of mornings where, uh, and I'll talk about one specifically where I had woken up, I uh, had gone out, Uber eats some breakfast, sat by the pool, right? Like living the the dream and trading. And, and I was up like 8000 It was like $8,500 uh, within 10 minutes of market open, market opened at 630 in LA. So it was 640. I was up $8,500 and all my roommates were sleeping. And that was like, a, that, that was like a moment where I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm around all these kids that are really like, they're doing well, they're doing just as well as me, if not better. But uh, I think I always say like, do everything you can to be like, to, to put yourself aside from everyone else to be in the top 1%. And even if you're living with people in the top 1%, like, that doesn't give you an excuse to slack off. Like I could have slept in, could have been lazy. I was in the position where like, Hey, like I had quote unquote made it, but I was still up and hustling and making money. And so, and I mean, that's one of the reasons you're here where you are today. You didn't fall off. You have to like, I, you hear a lot of people say, Oh, um, especially in sports, like pretend like you're the best and you'll play the best. Mm -hmm. But one thing I believe in is never let yourself like believe that you're the best or you're ahead or you've done it because what happens when you're not second or third place, you're not chasing, right? You're not hustling to constantly improve and to even just stay stagnant where you are or improve, you have to go above and beyond. I remember uh, in ski racing, I had an issue where my stance was too narrow. And in order to fix that, I had to feel like I was standing super like way wider of a stance than I should ever be actually skiing on. But in turn, that made me stand at a normal rate and it, or a normal width and it helped me ski better. So it's like, if you want to improve, you have to go above and beyond yeah. to achieve a certain goal, right? It's like, you can't just do the bare minimum and expect to be successful or be better than everyone else because yeah. your competitors are doing more if not, than you are. So it's, you got to keep working for it. Yeah, but exactly. Are, are you still, um, are you a morning person? I remember you saying that. Um, I naturally I'm not. And, um, like I'll go through times where I get in like a good, uh, routine and I wake up early and work out early. And I think I'm going to get back into yeah. that because I enjoy the early morning workout yeah. in LA. I had to be, went to bed early, went to bed at eight 30, woke up early and worked out. Uh, but no, I'm not. Yeah. Do you believe in that whole, like, if you want to be successful, you have you to have be to, up early. Mm, 
wake up at 5 a.m., meditate, <clears throat> yeah. make a smoothie, read your whatever, yeah. write down goals? No, I don't think so. I So does early bird I, get I, the worm? I know, no, because I know people, I know this guy, genius, uh, I, I, he's a tax accountant, right? The guy's like a savant. He's crazy. He yeah. he stays up all night. He works at night because that's when he's uh, you know most uh, productive. He literally sleeps yeah. all day and works all night. Yeah, that's so. It's just I mean, specific to the individual. You don't have to wake up at five o'clock. Yeah, to to be successful. Yeah, uh, that's just like a stereotype. Like I definitely don't believe in that whatsoever. Yeah. I think um I'm like early bird wakes up two hours zombie and then but i get that worm all day long so it's like you know it's like knowing yourself it's like you can trade like i i'm more productive in the afternoon and night so like yeah. i'm not going to force myself to wake up in the morning super early and uh just it's just counterproductive it's like knowing who you are when i was trading crypto uh, a lot of the big moves would happen at like two thirty, three 3 a.m yeah right. and so i was up like almost all night a lot of the time uh, and that's when I was making a ton of money. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's whatever, whatever works for you. It's interesting. I mean, you didn't even think about that because crypto is obviously like a 24 seven market, right? So there's countries like Australia and Japan, these China. huge liquid uh, markets, right? Where there's a ton of volume. That's when they're trading. Yeah. There was a lot of movement. I, I, for some reason at 3am, I don't know why, but I remember being able to do really well, um, scalping in the middle of the night i would go to bed uh at like 7 38 and then wake up at like three and then trade in the morning or wake up at two that wait, was wait, you gotta i was, say that again you'd go to bed i would at go to bed at like 7 38 p.m wake up at like 2 3 a.m and then oh, trade. geez that's yeah. intense i yeah, thought you were I saying, did that for a while i thought you were saying you go to bed at, yeah i was like no. i was like that's intense no <laughs> imagine that but i am naturally a nighttime person and so is our editor over here. I think, we're all, I think we're all nighttime people. Yeah, I mean, I'll see yeah. our media guy. He'll send me a Snapchat. I'll be like, dude, you're still in the office. It's like 10.30. Yeah, like, you were here until yeah, like 1 a.m. the other night. I editing. really like editing the podcast or something like mundane or like doing the thumbnail. Like I like bumping music during the day and like doing like the busy work, like the TikToks rather than like the YouTube. Even I mean, our last two YouTubes are like pretty easy. But even mm-hmm. still that intro, like it to be creative and like set a vibe. Yeah. that matches the video and that's important um mark you swore earlier fifty dollars fifty dollars that's a pretty steep swing, we established this yeah, rule last did. episode <coughs> my bad i didn't even, yeah i, didn't I forget the count that. i i i'm behind this week i've not edited the podcast yet um that's gonna happen later today after the youtube's done so that right. last youtube video is really good the day in the life yep if you haven't seen that yet or I'll just say it. We post a YouTube video every week on the YouTube channel. So if you're listening on Spotify, go check out the channel and subscribe. Weekly YouTube videos. And um, we put a lot of effort into them. Like, we definitely stand apart from from most Yeah, they're like legit, creators. They're really good videos, like really good content. A lot of my friends who watch them say, wow, they're, like, they're actually good. And, like, and they're interesting and fun to watch. I want to do more videos like the golf the one. Golf like one. playing for money, doing like, like paintball or... Um, like what else could we do? Like we've got to do a golf part too. Yeah, we got to. I got to make back my ten thousand. Uh, maybe we'll think about it. Uh, we'll- I had someone. So this was funny. I was uh, I was at the gym and someone came up to me and he's like, "Hey, I saw you at um the, the golf course, right? We were playing at. I won't say the name." And wait, wait, was someone that you know? No, some random guy. He came up uh to me at the gym. 
let me let me finish my story. So he came up to me at the gym. He's like, I saw you playing golf. Um, and I was with my buddy and I told my buddy, uh, like, you know, that is not his dad's car. Like that's his car. Now, I guess this guy's seen me pull up to the gym in the McLaren. He saw me, uh, at the golf course in the McLaren and he like introduced himself and he said, uh, he, he, he invests in like businesses and whatnot. And he asked, Oh, he's a venture capitalist. I don't know if that's sure. How old is this guy? 35 probably. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, my point being, uh, driving around in like the McLaren or G wagon and going out, going to play golf, going to like dinner, yep. uh, making connections. Connections are huge. I was in Colorado. I met some huge businessmen, like giant, like this guy, like literally I was out uh, at this restaurant. The net worth in this restaurant was like billions of dollars. Yeah. I got to hold the, uh, football trophy. That was cool. <laughs> Put a picture of that. The football I'll, trophy. I'll got to the wear screen. the rings. <laughs> Um, the football, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but the what? Yeah. The Lombardi trophy. Anyway, <laughs> my point being repeating myself here, uh, making connections with high net worth individuals to help, um, you know, propel yourself forward is huge. And then when people see you out and about driving nice cars, it just attracts money. And that's like why some people will buy nice cars for the sole purpose of pulling up to a restaurant and, people recognize or they see that you're doing well and then they'll come and introduce introduce themselves to you, which is what happened to me, which is pretty neat. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I never even thought about that. It's pretty crazy. He came up to you and was like, hey, I recognize you from here. From there. golf. And I think that was probably the day when we were filming that video. Damn, that's sick. So I'll let you know if I invest in any of his businesses. Well, would I mean... I don't know. I'm going to go get coffee with him. I don't know any more than a five-minute <laughs> conversation with this guy as I left the gym. That's interesting. Oh, we're looking at the notes here. I like them up here. This is great. Yeah, yes, we, I, we I don't like checking the phone. Totally unnecessary, massive TV on the wall. Which we've used only this one time, pretty much. Oh, dude. Yep. Um, oh. <laughs> this is a good note. So we flew first class when we went to Arizona. Yeah, we did. Semi-first class. Yeah, I mean, It yeah. sucks. Some of the airlines don't have good first class. I know. Uh, the flight I'd take from, uh, from Boston to L.A., it was it was jet blue and they had like a really good first class. It was like a it was like mint or something like legit yep. bed first class. But yeah, now when I fly, uh, I just I always fly first class. It sounds like douchey, but it's like I can't stand being cramped in the back of a plane. Half the time I'm trying to trade when I'm flying. It's a luxury. It's nice, but that's one of the great things. Like I think it it's just so worth it flying first class. Yeah, and um. You know, it's I, I like I see people flexing first class on TikTok, and I had made a TikTok when we were on the jet, and I'm like, imagine flexing first class. Oh, and you're flexing. But first and now class I'm, I'm flexing first class. But no, it's it's something. I, no, that's I think like, first class is a flex. It's pretty. Um, it's definitely like. Uh, I remember when I was young, like going by, like you know, doing first class, and now it's like it feels cool that like I can buy first class. Yeah, but it's um, it's something that it's like one of those things that you work really hard for, and it's like it all kind of starts to come and like, you don't realize and all of a sudden you realize like you're in the seat. You're like, well, this is like, yeah, it used to seem like a big deal. And I think, I I think that the people in first class were like these big ballers. Yeah. yeah. And whatnot. Well, I remember now, when we were flying to Arizona, the guy in front of us owned, uh, Oh yeah. That was, Johnny Rockets. Yeah. Like yeah. Huge burger franchise. Yeah. That no, was pretty no cool. Way. No way. Yeah. yeah. No, serious. Um, that's like, that's, 
Put, putting yourself in scenarios like where other high net worth individuals will be, like going to fancy restaurants, uh, going to like a nice golf course, flying first class. Yeah. Like it's really neat. Yeah. I mean, granted, you can't like go up to everyone and be like, put your nibble, because it's just like an invasion of privacy. But like to some extent, you gotta, and obviously, you know, if you're starting out, you're trying to make connections, you can't, you know, be buying fancy cars and flying first class and whatnot. But it's like just always thinking about like, okay, like, who's here, someone I can meet and like, what type of connection can I make and making genuine connections, not just, mm-hmm. I'm going to meet this guy. So for I can, his money for to, his money. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, of that's, course not. that's not a good way. If you go into that mindset, you're probably going to end up. No, I think it's just, it's cool. Cause it's always, it's meeting people that are doing better than you and surrounding yourself with people that are doing better than you is it, it's what is going to help you move forward in life. Yeah. Whether it's just talking to them and getting one little golden nugget out of a conversation. Like yeah. I love sitting down and talking with like successful people, just trying to learn as much as I can and like get inspired and motivated. Yeah. No, it, it's like I um, I was talking to this guy one time. I, I have this pretty good connection. And he was he's a venture capitalist and a huge tech guy, a huge owner in uh, tech stocks like uh, Samsung. And um, I knew him through like a friend's friend. And we went on a mountain bike ride together. And the whole time we just talked about venture capitalism, real estate, uh, how he's involved in Detroit right now. You know, Detroit was this huge crime ridden city. And now it's kind of, uh, there's these, this huge, huge money coming in and investing in the city. And it's just really interesting to see like what one group of people and how they can change an entire like demographic hmm. or uh, ge- a geographic location such as Detroit. But um, it's just a connection. He goes, hey, like if you ever have any questions about business, like call me. Yeah. And I have, I use that resource. So it's like keeping and keep in touch too. Like keep yeah. in touch. Like don't like not talk to these people for three years. Like keep yeah. in touch. Say, Hey, like I've been doing this, blah, blah, blah. How you've been. You know what I mean? And that could be it. Like they don't even necessarily have to respond or if they do great, it's just like keeping in touch and keeping the loop. So when you come with them with a question or a business idea, two or three years later, it's not weird. It's like you've stayed in touch with this person. Real so, life. That's real a really life. LinkedIn. Real life. LinkedIn. It exists, yeah. you know? Another thing, this is huge, is get people like get people like gifts. Do like nice gestures, even if they're like rich or they're uh, they're way more financially stable than or secure or have more money. Whatever, you get the point. Get them like a gift because it's like a nice gesture. It shows that you care. It's like I remember um, I got this one guy I worked for. I got him like a a book that he really liked, and he was like, "Oh, like I, I gave it away, blah blah blah." So I got him the book again, and he really liked it, and we keep in touch ever. But it's like. Someone like you see that globe right there. Mm-hmm. A friend gave me that globe. Oh, really? Yeah, and because I, I like helped it. him out with stocks. Cool. Like it's super cool. And I was like, I saw that, and I was yeah. like, it made me feel good. And even you know, um, it just I think like now, even though I respected this kid the same level, it's like I feel like I'm going to keep in touch with him more because he got me that just for some like subconscious thing. But it's like, yeah, stay connected with these people. Do go out of your way, and like it will pay off. You know yeah, I mean? that's so, a really good point, and that. Is actually like I'm after this uh, podcast going to go text a couple people. Yeah, because I think I didn't I, I didn't think about that until now. And I just was speaking with this trader um, who I met last oh, year yeah. in L.A. Yeah, we went out to dinner, and he's a super nice guy, a really genuine guy. And I want to work on a project with him. And I reached back out, and um, and I had texted him uh, this winter, and we had kept in touch. Uh, I'd shared like project I had worked on and he he had shared a book. And so uh, when I had reached back out to him, it wasn't like out of the blue. It wasn't random. He's yeah. like, all right, let's hop on a call and, and talk about this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's like, 
those everything that kind of if you think about it everything that happens comes from some type of connection Mm -hmm. or some type of like thing you can learn from someone and pick up um for i mean i talked about this a couple like in one of the earlier episodes how like just my connection with you brought me here yeah really cool but um we get to talk about uh he might be listening but i don't know if he listens to the full podcast uh we're planning a big gift for our videographer once he heads out in uh beginning oh, of August. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark and I were I Mark and I went out to dinner last night and um we were pricing out the the future gift for our videographer which is going to be awesome. Yeah, really. really we should get Can we like talk about cuz no, no, he'll hear this. He might be listening. But this will hear after, after this cuz he leaves pretty soon, right? Uh no, no he'll, he'll come out around the same time. Yeah, let's not okay. say anything else. But, but we're planning I'm a big gift for, for a videographer. He'll come on. Um, that'll be really exciting because he's a great guy. Very, very cool story and very yeah. motivated. Does amazing work. I love editing his footage. Yeah, we've got some stories together because he's been with me since like day one, quite literally. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's sad he's leaving, but I'm, I'm happy for him. Me too. Because moving I'm on, about next to be, step in life. I'm about to be way busier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. So. That's good. That's good. Hey, what's this parking situation? I don't oh. need more context here. Well, I was going to wait. I actually have an alarm set for one o'clock because <laughs> freaking um, this, the city we the live in, here, it yeah. sucks. And there's a parking lot kind of close to the office. And I've been trying to get a freaking monthly pass, but they're like full for the next like two years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, I'll pay you like double. The guy was oh, like, did you? Yeah. And the guy was like, no, I'm like, sorry, we can't do that. But, um, I bothered and, them every day for a month straight, and they finally gave me a dude, spot. Dude, it's so annoying. So what I have to do is there's a parking right on the street, which is super close to the office, but there's a two-hour maximum. Oh. So I um, I park, and I have to set an alarm on my phone, and every two hours, I have to go down and buy the no. meter and redo it. It's right close to the office, oh. so it's kind of easy, but it's like... Uh, sometimes I'll be in the middle of a trade and I like can't leave my computer and I just say screw it and I come down and I get like a $20 ticket. So I've racked up like, oh, I've racked up like s- at least six of these tickets. We took it <laughs> like a good amount of these stupid parking tickets. We took a gamble the other day. We were out at lunch and I decided because the parking is like impossible. Oh, here, I decided that was me to and you, right? into an illegal yeah. spot with the McLaren and I'm like, all right, we gamble for a living. Right? Yeah. Not, not really, but um, well, yeah. we kind of do. A little bit. A little bit. Anyway, I'm like, no way we get a ticket. And we got back. It was like a $90 ticket. Yeah. And like, I swear that's like way more than the average ticket here. But it was, I got discriminated against because it's a nice car. Like, I it, actually think, that? I actually think like, have you ever gotten a $90 parking ticket out front? No, I get $20. Yeah. It was like three times the normal. <laughs> that's ticket. so interesting. Can they, does anybody know in here if they can, we have a little audience by the way What's up? which is fun oh yeah we have two people in the office today yeah. one of jack's friends and assistant yeah it's funny we um, should get have you ever seen like a like live where they have like a huge audience and they go like, yeah, that would here. be really fun in the new space um because i'm yeah. thinking like a little bit of an elevated stage that um assistant and i could build um wouldn't be too hard just a bunch of two by fours you know um yeah and that then, would be um, really cool um, to make it like raised up a little bit. So it looks like the, the windows actually get onto the floor. Um, I wish they did. They kind of, they almost do, but either way, um, we could just have like a, like a few couches against the wall, unless my computer will be there like that. The setup behind you might, might be there, um, yeah. against the wall. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. That we need all. a clean yeah. set. We need like, Oh, it'll be clean. I don't we're, want any. Well, mm. I think we're going to hang the sign down from like whatever table like we'll probably put like two of these in there like put two of these back to back 
for a big like center table okay. or something and then have that like hanging from the front of it. That would be really cool. Yeah, it's going to be a dope one. Yeah, this is tough for the that. audio listeners. We apologize. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, also, I apologize to audio or just anybody like there's the people below us being really loud today. They were throwing a party like last Friday when I was editing. Really? <laughs> yeah, they were playing a bunch of Kanye, which I was all right with. But um, funny. like hearing it through the walls. Just, like, we can't funny. even complain, though. There's definitely some late night ping oh, yeah. pong tournaments. We're loud in here sometimes. <laughs> so we can't even complain for other people being loud. We're, we're almost on episode that 10. Right. That's crazy. This is ep- this is episode seven. Yeah. So I mean, seven. we're three episodes away from beating what 80% of podcasts or something like that don't make it past episode 10. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, does that say on the notes fact from YouTube comments? Yeah, somebody's put that in YouTube comments. So like, okay, wow. that do we like fact check this? Or oh, are we just idea. going? Our off fact of checker is going to fact check <laughs> this. We hired someone to fact check <laughs> everything tabs, we say in dude. here. Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> this is absurd. Our editor guy is. I don't even. I can't even count that high. That's I'll insane. Thought, I, I just took a screenshot so people can see. That's oh, really funny. Um, word. You got to close this absurd. out. Anyways, well, he does that. Um, he said two by four, which reminded me of one of my first jobs. I think we should talk about like our first job. <laughs> okay. I worked construction for two and a half years. Really? That, I think working that job is one of the reasons why I was motivated at like a young age. Because let me tell you, that job sucked. Like it was, <laughs> I worked it during the summer and I worked, uh, I was working third. I worked, I had two jobs. I worked at the coffee shop mm-hmm. and, um, I worked construction. So I worked 20 hours construction, 20 hours at a coffee shop. And I hated that. I mean, it was brutal. It was hot out. And yeah. um, I was just like the grunt. I was like young. So all like the older guys, like I would just did grunt labor all day long. It was like, I remember one time I moved. Um, have you ever lifted up a piece of plywood, a full sheet? They're four feet, uh, yeah. one inch. They're they're used for the, what are they called? Uh, shielding, shielding. I don't know. But they go on the side of a house and yeah. they're one inch thick and they're four feet by eight feet. And they're super awkward to carry, and they weigh like sixty pounds. And um, the guy, my boss, goes, "Yo, carry all of the, this huge pallet of plywood." <laughs> two, like I think there might have been two of them, all the way over across the property because we're gonna be signing the side of the house. So I go, "Okay, yeah, whatever." And um, I carry each thing. I carry one at a time, like probably fifty sheets of plywood, Ugh. and I put them down. And um, he goes. Oh, that was the wrong side of the house. I'm like, what the? F-? And I spent all day doing this, yeah, and it was hot, and awful. I had like splinters in my hand. And I remember after that day of work, I was like, screw this job. And I, I mean, I still worked at it for the rest of the summer. But um, how much did you make that day doing that? Oh, dude, this is actually probably fun. I mean, I made. I was getting paid seventeen an hour. Okay, which wasn't bad for you know so fifteen what? year old kid. What did you make? Like a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's probably like a hundred bucks. Um, with all all that hard work, <laughs> all that hard work. Now think about it. You just click one button and wait like a minute and a half, and you can make yeah. hundred bucks. Or I'm down a couple thousand, or I'm <laughs> up a couple. Th- it's like, True. but yeah. it you know that's the learning curve, and um, there's definitely potential. And I remember some of my first trading days where I made money that really opened my eyes. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so much better. Yeah. What was my first job? Um, hmm, probably mowing, just mowing lawns, doing like landscape yard work. Yeah, leaves, breaking up leaves. Yeah, I did that too. You end up. You were telling me you also end up. Whose phone's ringing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we shouldn't have a live audience. Oh God. That's all right. Yeah, that mowing was brutal because you'd be out there in the hot sun. All day, oh, just driving in circles, 
I mean, I would put in music and listen to music and then get yelled at because apparently you're not supposed to listen to music because if you run over like a rock or something, you don't know if your mower like broke. <laughs> really? I don't yeah. Know yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would like sneak in the headphones. That's funny. I um, That wasn't fun, but that's how I made enough money to buy my first computer. Really? Yeah. So, um, I, I also, this is really funny. Um, I owned a lawn mowing company when I was like, Oh, I, I wouldn't say it was a legal company. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was owned by me, a 13-year-old kid with my parents' rider lawnmower and a dinky trailer that I bought off eBay. But, um, yeah, I bought, like, I remember buying, like, my first weed whacker, and I bought my own leaf blower, and I hired some of my friends, and I was paying them fucking dirt cheap. <laughs> I, was, I was paying them, like, five bucks an hour. But we were, like, kids, so it didn't really matter that much. And, um, yeah, I would, I would have my parents drive the mower on the back of the trailer to a lawn and I'd mow and I'd, I was making all right money. And um, I remember one time I, I went to this person's house and I was kind of like, I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it because I committed to these clients. Mm -hmm. And um, they had a rope, they had a playset and a rope that was all over the ground. Okay. And um, I don't know if you've ever ridden over a rope on a lawnmower. I still don't really understand. Apologies. <laughs> this thing is so distracting. Yeah. Hey, Editors sorry. back here, like going between tabs. <laughs> <I was laughs> this TV's so huge. I'm just like, whoa, there's so something going on. I thought the audio was coming through our mixer recorder. Anyway, and it's muted on here, but clearly. Man, you're I just on Reddit. It. He's just on Reddit. I was right looking now. at the source because um, if you publish 21 episodes, 21 podcast episodes, you'll yeah. be in the top 1% of podcasts globally because they all fail before then. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, That's yeah. not oh, yeah. bad. We'll yeah, we're going to get there, which is like kind of an exciting fact, you know, because there are 2 million podcasts. Like, what once have a podcast top 1%? Wow, that's crazy. All right, continue um, with your story. Okay, sorry, anyways. Sorry <laughs> anyways. Just butt in there. If you could imagine a thing that's spinning really fast in a rope, um, yeah. when the two meet, it's not great. And <laughs> the rope gets tangled up in, like, the lawnmower thing. And it just, the engine, like, blows up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I call my dad. I'm like... Cause it was, it's not my mower, you know, motors are like two, $3,000. Yeah. I was borrowing my parents for this company or whatever. I was paying for gas and, um, yeah, I, I ruined the mower <laughs> and, uh, and we had to get a new one. Uh, I killed some mower blades can't too. Say were happy. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I, I think everyone's realizing right now, like, like we're, we don't come from like rich families. Like people think no. we've been given all of this. Like people think my cars are rented. They think they're my dad's cars. Uh, and it's like, no, like we literally like where my journey started was quite literally sitting on a lawnmower, driving circles all day to make enough to buy my first computer that I could start trading with. Yeah, Like that, that was like the progression for me. And like, that's like why I always say anyone can do this and there's no excuses yeah, it's just like, I mean, you it's such a progression. And it didn't even necessarily start with trading. It started with mowing lawns, right? Yeah. And I remember my first... And many things in between. I mean, I think both of one similarity between both, is, uh, both of us is that we were both kind of like young entrepreneurs. Like, I remember when I was super little, like four or five, I had like a little rock store. And I would go out and I'd collect rocks and I'd sell them to the neighbors. Yeah. But it was like... I mean, I make like a dollar a rock or so, like something super like insignificant of money, but it's like that kind of hustle yeah that it's gonna get you somewhere and it's like you gotta because one thing grows into another and life changes like i'm sure like you didn't really you started with like affiliate marketing right um well that was after mowing <laughs> yeah so you went so from mowing a lot of things to affiliate marketing and yeah then, i'm sure you i mean i mean and before that like i remember um 
what was it? Oh, I was made. This was probably when I was like five, uh, maybe six. Um, I would make Legos, like make a Lego set, make something out of Legos. I was into Legos and I'd yeah. raffle, I'd go to like a family event. So if I knew our Thanksgiving was coming up, I'm like, all right, I got to make a sick Lego set. That's and then sick. I'd raffle that off to the family to make like 20 bucks. Nice. That's, and the funny high. thing is, that was probably my first uh, business. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that your mom or whatever who bought the Lego set probably like paid 50 bucks for that. And you're like, selling it for 20. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> She's like, well, there you go. Legos aren't cheap. My parents were always really supportive of everything I did, which was awesome. They took the 40% loss. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. But you took that gate. I I think Mark's most annoying um, job side hustle was by far drop shipping. Yeah. I remember when you were into drop shipping. Yeah. I remember like the the Shopify notifications like whenever I hear a Shopify <laughs> notification now like anybody else like I was at a I was at a bar in town and um and I heard like I was talking to like this couple and then like the guy gets a Shopify notification. you really heard a Shopify notification yeah no because oh, wow. I asked them what they did and because they they like they sheltered dogs and everything blah 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 I'm like okay they definitely do other things in this I don't know how much money that makes and then I hear a Shopify notification goes off I'm like I know what you're like, up to ah. <laughs> <laughs> no I respect it that's a side hustle respect. Yeah, um, I I think annoying is the right word when it came to me leaving my notifications off. I mean, on in school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our uh, social feel, studies, a good our feeling, social though. studies teacher was not happy one day about that. Nah, yeah, but she was cool though. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, she was actually one of my favorites. I got her to write a college rec for me. Nice. Yeah. All right, go um, back to the notes. We're getting off topic. I think actually we should go to a break. We're 37 minutes. Okay. In. Oh, yeah. I still have to pay my car parking. <laughs> so okay. I don't get a oh, ticket. Yeah. I have an alarm, I have alarm set that. at 1. It's 1256. You have so. a ticket now. Yeah. No, no. I, I said it five minutes before. Come back. If you have a ticket, we'll we'll say if you have a ticket or not. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you have a ticket. S- stick around. I'm piecing up the parking guy if I have a ticket because <laughs> I my tickets are all covered. Anyways. All right. We'll be back. It's a great noise to hear. And we're back. Yes, we are. All right, we got some tragic news. <laughs> you do that voice, please. <laughs> Jack, you want the voice? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, hang on. Uh, here-, here you go. No, no, no. That's that's voice. There we go. All right. Go to the parking ticket. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, he I'm got a parking ticket. I-, I told you. I knew you would have Dude, one. Dude, I paid, I but no, no. This is why I'm pissed, because I paid for the ticket. I pay, I literally set an alarm because I've racked up so many of those tickets, dude. Um, and I pay, I set an alarm. So every two hours, I set an alarm. And I today, I had my friend go down and do it. And he comes up with a parking ticket. I'm like, there's no way. Because I actually pay. I actually, like, all the other tickets I got, like, fair game. I didn't pay and I ignored them. But I actually had, a, I literally had the thing on my dash that said, this Dang. parking ticket is good. And they still gave me a ticket. So um, if... If you're the parking guy and you're listening to this, it's on site, dude. Like, I'm actually livid right now. Throwing off my How much bed. was it? Twenty bucks? Yeah, I mean, it's just annoying. Yeah, it, it's, it's, no, just, it's annoying. It's you not go online a big deal. And... It's, yeah, and I, I, I think, um, I don't. <laughs> I mean, this might be illegal, but I don't. Can I just not pay it? Someone was saying I. You'll get booted after three, I think. Right? If I pay them. Because honestly, now that I think about it, it's more affordable because all, all the par- the parking garages around here are like $10 an hour. It's absurd. So I was like, I'm just going to pay on the street, like bite that little $2 fee or whatever. And, um, but I would ra- 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 way rather just 
get a ticket every day, 20 bucks. It's like, I was going to pay true. more than that parking anyways. That's true. And that's probably how they see it. All right. We're going to answer some questions. Okay. Um, I just took a poll on Instagram or not a poll, but I just said, Hey, anyone, if you have any questions, message me. And we got like a couple hundred. So, um, Here's a good one. Future cars. Uh, I'll let you run with this one because you got a car in mind. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to get a BMW, blacked out BMW i8 before I'm 19. Blacked out BMW i8. Yeah, it, has okay. to be, it has to be blacked out. And the reason I'm waiting, I could probably get it now, but I want to buy it in <coughs> cash. Okay. And I just, uh, yeah, so I'm going to save up. I'm saving up right now. Um, yeah, what was a, yeah, there's a rule I heard. It's like... Um, uh god it was like probably two I, I think the guy said like if anything is is more if you're trying to buy something and it is more than 10 percent or is five percent of your net worth then like you're you shouldn't buy it yeah um so theoretically if it's a hundred thousand dollar bmw uh you should have a milli or two milli if it's five percent yeah yeah, I mean, I'm probably not gonna. So wait I mean, it's just really cash, but that's a. I feel like I'm, but I'm I young agree though. Like, and I, I don't, don't agree with that. Yeah, but it's like different. It's like one thing if you're paying, you know, uh, like have all these. I mean, I'm gonna be paying rent pretty soon, but um, you don't have a ton of overhead. Yeah, I'm like I don't have a child, so it's like my I can take a little more risk. And if I buy it in cash, yes, there's risk, but it's way less risky than financing this thing. So, so you mean like the fifty twenty thirty rule? What the heck? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not the 50, oh. 20, 30. Um, although I don't even 50, 20, 30 is you what? Uh, let's see. Okay. Sorry, sure. I, yeah, no, I've heard of this. <clears throat> 50, 20, 30 budget rule. Um, uh, the rule states that you should spend up to 50% of your after tax income on needs and obligations that you must have or must do. The remaining half should be split up between 20% savings and debt repayment and 30% to everything else that you might want. I feel like that's a terrible explanation. That's, yeah, this isn't great, but yeah, also my I'm, mic is buzzing. 50% need. So you're only, okay. I mean, so, I think so half of your, so half of your income should, so your expenses, it's kind of like backwards. Like they said this backwards, I feel like. So 50% of your income or your expenses should be half of your income half, all your expenses should be half of your income there we go that took a while to come out of my mouth <laughs> yeah um i don't know because i don't follow any like i i don't save like 30 percent or 40 percent or 20 percent like i don't have any rules like that 50 percent needs 30 percent wants 20 percent savings interesting i don't know where, where taxes accounted for in there <laughs> yeah. speaking of i just had to pay taxes um, I do quarterlies and whatnot, and it's, yeah, that was rough. That was not fun. Um, paying six figures in taxes really sucks because that would oh, have been yeah. an I-8. Yeah, right. I'm looking at this chart right now because I'm in a position and I'm getting kind of... Uh, I told you to close it because I knew you were going to be distracted. Watch your position. Yeah, I'm just so that's, watching uh, it. The I-8 is a good goal. Uh, <laughs> what are some other long-term goals? All right. That was another question on Instagram. All right. What are some of your long-term goals besides getting an I-8? Like longer term, like five, six, seven, eight, 20 years from now. You want me to answer? Yeah. This first? All right. Um, well, I have certain financial goals and I, so I have goals relating to stocks. I have goals. They're all written down on my phone. I actually have them on okay. my home screen. But um, I saw that. Yeah. So for my, for I have real estate goals. I want to buy two more properties uh, before I'm 20. 
okay. to more like uh like multifamily though, not like normal single family households. I want to buy two multifamily before I'm 20. And then um <clears throat> I'd like to be a seven figure trader before I'm 20 as well. Okay. So those are like two of my bigger financial goals. What's one goal that like, you know, by the time, like within your whole lifespan, like some insane goal that seems way far out of reach. What is it? Like, um, I want to like your moonshot goal, my moonshot. I mean, probably I love boats. I want to own a mega yacht. Like a mega yacht. I think about okay. that a lot. It's like, I just like, I've, on my, if you go on like my Instagram explore page, it's all like mega yachts. Like it's it, mega okay. yachts and like finance. So you'd get a yacht before you got a jet then I'm assuming. Yeah, I would. Okay. And you would get a jet before you get it. Okay. So yep. we can kind of like crowd. What's the word? Like carpool, but jet pool and yacht, <laughs> super yacht pool. So we can like, you can fly my jet and you, you can use my yacht. yacht. All, right, all right. Fair deal. deal. Have you guys seen the mega yacht down there? Yeah, that I was, I dude, I was. Oh, I, is there a it's, mega yeah, it's sick. Really? It's so sick. I'll pop a photo up. Yeah, no, I'm gonna get a jet. Like, there's no question. Probably within the next five years. There's a there's a helicopter on this one. There's a helicopter. Or is it by? The, is it by down there? I'm or is just it? gonna it's have on the jet, though. It's on the, who needs yeah. a yacht? Oh, who needs it? Me, dude. I, I mean, yeah, sick. yachts are cool, but think about a jet. Like a jet opens up the entire world. So does a yacht. It, but it. it yeah, if you're trying to spend three days, four days traveling, yeah. like jets, you can like if I wanted to, if I if I had a jet right now, I could call up my pilot who's on standby, full time pilot, right? Head to the airport, walk on the runway, no security, none of that nonsense. Get on my jet and be in LA in like a couple hours. Yeah, I could charter, and then I could come back tonight. I could, I could charter a jet, or I could buy a ticket, or I could you know buy a ticket on on online right but or it's like no but, but a it, yacht is like chartering a, a jet like you can't like i'm saying if you own a jet and you have a pilot on standby <clears> the whole time like the second you have like any the second you want to go somewhere like it could be an impulsive thing you could just hop on your jet no go. i'm pretty with chartering jets if you have like connections you can because i have um one of my friends is in the music industry and um he has like some higher up friends and they they'll just fly private jets. They don't own jets, but like they have connections and they could charter jets like that wherever they want to go. So, but like I I don't know. There's something Fair. special about a yacht. It's like you can be in your you can literally go out in the middle of the sea with your friends and be in your literal own world. Like I, I tell that's you, the so I'm coming on your yacht. You're coming on my jet, but I will have a jet. Word. That's gonna happen. Mark, uh, have you been out on like a cruise or like out in the ocean like that? Yeah, but I don't. I love the ocean, but I'm not like a big like deep ocean. Cruise guy. is like not. Out. I don't like cruises. No, no, no. That's no. not even like the proper like. If you go on a yacht versus on a cruise, like it's not nowhere near the same thing. Like I've been on a, I've been on a schooner. You know, it's like similar size almost. You know, like that's peaceful. It was really peaceful and like fun. Cool. So yacht would, would feel the same. Yeah, but even, but even cooler. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, are you on my side? Are you yacht over private jet? Oh, yeah, I love the ocean. You're yacht over private jet? You take a yacht over a private jet. Yeah, Mark has not seen... No way. Mark has not been out in the ocean that night. Yeah, you gotta... I don't like going out in the middle of the ocean. Like, I I just don't like that. I want to live on the ocean, but I don't like going out in the middle of the ocean. Foghorn sucks. Foghorn's not fun at night. Hmm. But anyways. All right, we'll we'll, we'll answer another question here. Those are are a couple good goals. Um, I didn't answer the car one, but... I don't know. I'll probably get like a Lambo next. That's yeah. not, 
I don't know. I want a McLaren P1 eventually. That's probably my like their dream car. Dream car. That'd be sick. Dream dream. Well, a Lambo. Do you know? Like, do you... honestly, my real dream car is a. I like see my dream car keeps changing because my dream car was a McLaren 570s. Got that. Uh, I really want a Porsche <clears throat> GT3 RS. Yeah, you've and wanted then, that for a while. Yeah, and then a P, probably a P1. Okay. Yeah. It's a, your favorite would you hobbies. Say, Next okay. question. Oh, we're, so we're, we're moving these, on. How many of these do we have? There's like a couple hundred, but I'll just okay. choose a couple good ones. Um, what do you do for fun? Hobbies? Yeah. Do I do for fun besides stocks? Golf. Um, golf. Um, Jack is becoming a professional DJ. Yeah. Becoming a DJ. You um, got into our meeting over there has a uh, board, you know. Um, DJ controller. Yeah, that thing. Uh, yeah. So I've been hitting that up. Fun. And, and uh, surfing. I love to surf. Surfing and most people don't know. Do you know what hydrofoiling is? Mm, uh, is it like that little thing that pulls you up in the air? Like you kind of yeah, skip on the water? Kind of, yeah. It's kind of like you're flying. I actually, um, I would argue that this weird obscure sport I did do helped me like secure a deal the other day with this trader I was on the phone with. We were talking and uh, I arranged a meeting and we just connected over surfing. That's pretty cool. Before we even talked about business. Oh, neat. Doing it with this, you know, super high up trader guy and cool. uh, who worked on the New York Stock Exchange. And I was talking to him and said, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then he somehow mentioned surfing and we just got into it. We talked about surfing for like half an hour. So it's like, cool. that's actually kind of like a little side lesson is try to create personal relationships with people that you want to continue doing business with, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this guy and I, like, I've never even talked to him before. And we immediately connected over surfing. And then they talk about this with job interviews. It's like mm-hmm. try to connect with the interviewer on like a personal level. And um, yeah, I think maybe it's not why I got the deal, but it definitely uh, helped. And I feel like me and this guy are going to... Because this is genuine. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, oh, I got to... Well, let's see. My hobbies. Um, I got into boxing in South Carolina when I was there. I was boxing every day, which was really fun. Um, that's a newer hobby. I play yeah. golf. Would you fight uh, someone? Would you like go like professional or not professional, but like an actual like match? Like, um, probably not. <laughs> yeah, nah. I don't know. I did some sparring, um, but it's just it's good exercise. It's really good cardio. Boxing's crazy, crazy cardio. But that's oh a, yeah, I that's I tried a cool hobby. I, I forgot about. I tried boxing once in a or no, I'd say I did it for a bit at college because one of my homies uh, was into boxing, and this thing is. So twisty. Yeah, know. these mic stands, I don't know how I feel about them. Um, you gotta get new okay, stands. last question that I'm going to read. How do you keep motivated? Keep motivated? That's, and it, I was actually thinking about that. Because um, I think what you have to do, and this is one thing that I believe separates people who make it and people who don't, is turning other negative emotions into positive uh good emotions right like if you let's say you get rejected right by a girl or you um you lose money trading or you have a bad day in general or you get a freaking parking ticket for some bs reason um but turning that into motivation yeah. and it's like t- having because if you lose and you give up you've you've actually lost but if you lose and then like you can you can lose the battle but win the war right like I so heartily, like wholeheartedly believe that it's how you bounce back. And that's what's most important is like getting down on yourself and turning that into saying like, okay, how can I make good out of this? So it's like, I believe staying motivated is learning how to 
create these negative emotions into positive ones. Negative action into a positive reaction. There you go. I just made that Did up. you pull that out of your head? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Put that. <laughs> you have like a button you can press the um, Now that's a good point though. What about you? How do you stay motivated? Um, I think, uh, there's like the very generic saying, it's like, well, look, I guess a generic question, like, does money make you happy? And the answer is no simple answer. Um, if, if money is what motivates you, uh, you'll eventually become unmotivated. Yep. Um, like it's inevitable that like, yes, you can keep setting higher, uh, monetary goals. Um, and like I use goals to help push me forward. We were just talking about goals. Like goals are a great way to help you progress through life and, uh, move, move up in in the world. Yep. But if you have a goal of making a million dollars and then you make a million dollars, you might be happy for a day or two. And then you realize it's just a number in in your bank account. And then like, what am I going to do now? Like I have to set another goal uh, to make $2 million. And then that comes around. And if if you're fulfilled, if you're trying to be fulfilled on a a monetary goal, or if you think a monetary uh, value or a number in your bank account is going to fulfill you, it won't. Uh, You got to enjoy the process from where you are to where you want to be. Because it's the process that is going to be fulfilling. It's not the end goal. Yeah. And because the like, end goal, that fulfillment only lasts so long. That's right. Uh, you, my audio just went out. Yeah, I to, Did I mess something up? I tried to mute you for a sec because oh. I didn't want it to like imp- oh. implode the audio. But no, do, do you get what I mean? No, I Because you're going to get your IA and you're going to be very fulfilled. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, it must be like when you got your McLaren, every time, you know, you went to a parking lot, you turned around, you looked at it or like it when you would get in it would feel really good. But how does it feel now? It must just be like every day. Like, oh, I have this. Eventually everything wears off, and that's why it's like if I if the only thing that was like keeping me motivated was like getting that McLaren, like I would just be unmotivated now cuz I've had it for like 3 months and I've got it. So it's like, all right. Well, what am I going to do? Just sit around. Yeah. Uh so it's great having a McLaren and like I, 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 like I said, I, I keep setting these goals, but, uh, I know they're not going to fulfill me beyond a couple months because yeah. then I'm just going to want something else. And I definitely have gotten into that cycle of like pushing the boundary and like, you know, pushing my limits and thinking like that, the, like chasing that next high when it comes to like buying cars but it's just unsustainable. Yeah. So I know that like, um, if I just enjoy what I'm doing, like doing this, yeah, the journey and I- trading, and and knowing that knowing knowing that the cars and whatever else that'll just come as a result of enjoying and loving what I do, then then you're fulfilled with the the process of it. This thing sucks. All right. Yeah, this mic is, is really just <laughs> well, not. So not we great. we will update. We will upgrade to like the table mics that everybody else uses that are like easily floatable. Not that crap one we had for your desk. Okay. What happened? Um, I feel like these mics like it didn't used. To, I wonder these if I things are so it. sensitive. Just spin it around a bit. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Maybe not a good idea. I'm muting him in the meantime. <laughs> there you go. Oh, he got muted. <laughs> 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 
Um, do you want to talk about driving down the PCH or moving into the mansion for a month to so get your setup? Yeah, that was fun. Giving you some ideas. Here. I um, I've talked about this, but I was in LA, moved into this like content type house for a month and a half, and uh, like I got my full setup, uh, my full trading setup. Um, you know, in the master bedroom against the window. I'll try to find a picture of it. We could throw it up there, but uh, my set I had two vertical monitors on either side, two horizontal monitors in the middle, looking out over our backyard, palm tree, big swimming pool. And uh, that was really, (laughs) even though I was only there for a month and a half, it was a really cool period of time where I was like definitely very like motivated and inspired because I knew that uh, that time that was rented and you know we we had a 12 month lease i ended up not staying there for whatever reason no one did but um knowing that like i eventually knew that i would be back in that position and uh like i was saying this the other day like i want to have a house in la like a mansion in beverly hills just so i can go there for a week or two and experience that like that lifestyle cuz it's a whole different world out there and and being able to to, to experience that and live that dream, uh, like living in a mansion in Beverly Hills, like, yeah, right. Like straight out of a movie, straight out of a, straight out of a TV. So TV show, something I always wanted to do. Um, it was really cool. And and then I tore down my setup. I, I guess yeah. kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, you had this goal of moving to LA and a lot of people, they, you know, they, there's kind of like this first big goal that you have, right? Yours is moving to LA and you accomplish that. And what did that feel like when you first got there? Were you, I mean, did that motivate you more? Was it like, did you kind of feel stuck? Like, oh, now what? Like I've worked all this way and now um, it's like. In LA, I felt like a really small fish in a big pond of sharks. (laughs) Yeah, And that, that feeling where, uh, like coming from where I was, I felt, uh, bigger per Mm. se. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Small town. Yeah, and but then you go to LA and it's like every other car is a million dollar car and there's the there's just so much money and people with so much success and you just feel really small. And uh it's it's a weird feeling. It's really motivating. Um but it, you also feel like so far out of out of place and and uh, I, I, I didn't. I liked the feeling of that, but I didn't because whose phone was that? Nice. Because I was experiencing that lifestyle that I always wanted, and and like I knew that now that I had done this and made this move, that I could do anything I wanted. So it gave me yeah. that confidence to be like, all right, I can really do anything that I set my mind to. Yeah. But then it was also like, wow, like. I am still really so, so, so far away from where I want to be. You know what? Which is like, it's a motivating and it's like a scary feeling because like. I bet, yeah. I mean, you know what? I I wrote this. I think I just wrote this in the notes. um, Ooh, no swearing. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) We are now a age appropriate podcast. Okay. Sorry. Well, have fun editing. (laughs) Nah, it's fine. Um, No, I think I wrote this in the notes because I. I thought about this a lot and it was how the first step is really the hardest step because once you accomplish the first step, you've proven to yourself that you can do what, like 
accomplish like some lofty goal, right? Mm-hmm. That used to seem pretty outlandish. Yeah. And once you accomplish that first step, um, now the whole world opens up almost. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wow, I've like all this doubt that you had and uh, you've proven yourself that you're successful. And along with the first step goes is growth is like exponential because you're not, because it doesn't go like this. Like you don't make $100 trading and then if growth was linear, this is how it works. You make $100 trading and then you make 200 and 300 and it's like, it just, but growth is like, yeah. like, like what happened with you and it, what happened with me is like, I, I, when I first, I used to not be profitable and I first started to become profitable, mm-hmm. right? And then I started to gain a little more profit. And now all of a sudden I think I can like see this curve going up mm-hmm. and it's like, it increases a lot more. And all of a sudden, because you become more knowledge, your knowledge is gr- increases exponentially and the yep. amount of money you're gr- investing with increases exponentially, but it's the same thing for everything. It's like you, like to say this, like when you're a successful trader, right? Get making a uh, hundred dollars doesn't seem like that great of an accomplishment, right? But if you were a linear, if you increase linearly, that would be, that would be saying 100, 100, 100 increments. But instead what happens is like, okay, all of a sudden I'm doubling my position side. Now I'm quadruple. It's like, it's by multiples. It's not. And like Mm -hmm. I said, that's with anything. It's, uh, it's really, it's kind of, it makes a lot of sense in my head. I guess I'm not explaining it perfectly. It's but. your first million dollars is really difficult to make. Oh yeah. But each more yeah, million there you becomes go. There you go. It's, that much easier. It's like, first it's a million that's hard to make. Then it's 10 million that's hard to make. Then it's a hundred million that's hard to make. Um, yeah. And that's. First million's easy. I mean, the first million's hard. Second million's easy. Yeah. Third million's easy. Fourth million's easy. And it just keeps yeah. going. But then it's like, okay, 10, hundred million. Oh, I swore again. <laughs> uh, I need some water. Can someone please yeah. grab some water for myself? We are running low on water. Like water this too. is the water I was talking about that the they crap. literally add salt in to make you thirstier. Can I also get some water? Thanks. Thank Appreciate you. it. Awesome. Um, water. How good is that? Water's I think awesome. this is funny. So, sips water. Oh, that <laughs> I want to make awful. this point. There's a lot. That was, wait. <laughs> You gotta edit that in. That bit of me. That was sick. <laughs> All right. But, like, oh, you'll no. just see in the when you edit. That was dope. No, I was laughing about Mark's there's, swallowing. Into the there's mic. been a lot of million, uh, a lot of millionaires created over the last two and a half years from the Corona, the dip with the recovery and the insane bull market that we experienced up until uh, three and a half months ago. Um, through NFTs, through crypto, through trading in the stock market, and. Um, and I, I, this next cycle, there are going to be a lot more millionaires created. Um, surviving in between each cycle, in between the dips, if you will, is the most difficult part. And I think a lot of people uh, I know have have looked at me and have uh, and I've and I've spoken with with traders who are like, uh, you know, like. The best, like the la- anyone could make money the last two years trading. Like, you know, anyone who could open up a brokerage account could make money trading uh, previous to four months ago. And so I genuinely going, like, I did not know if what was happening uh, and the success I was having was, was purely luck or purely because uh, there was so much opportunity out there and the markets were going straight up. Uh, I didn't know if the edge I had was great enough to help me uh, be able to get through this, the dip, this, this next period where um, things are slow, the market's pulling back, 
Yeah. Uh, crypto's back in 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 a hole, and, and NFTs are non-existent. The stock markets, the opportunities are are extremely hard to find. Um, but luckily, now I am fully confident due to my progress this year. Uh, the fact that I'm not red this year, I know that uh, any doubt yeah. I had prior to this period uh, is gone. I mean, if you I can, know that I'm confident that I'll yeah. be able to do this for. Ever. Yeah, I mean, if you can make money in this market, it just proves yourself that when the market recovers and it's just, you know it's going up like it should, that um you're just going to be a lot more confident in your trading and you'll be more experienced. And next time we get this type of dip or recession, pullback, whatever you want to call it, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be ready. I remember this is actually crazy thinking about this. We um when I kind of like first started like really getting into trading, um. We went out to dinner. Remember mm-hmm. this? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just bought a ton of spy puts at like the peak of the market. Mm-hmm. And um, if we could probably pull up a chart. And, oh, can you turn that down? Yeah. The, our mics are like very, very it's, loud. Uh, it's your headphones. They're just getting louder and louder. Yeah. And louder. Why are they getting louder? <laughs> I have Sorry, to take I'm messing up. with it. This thing is, uh, I'm learning. It's, about right. this thing uh, it's it still loud. It's still very loud. loud. Yeah, I turned up your headphones. I thought that's what you. Okay, meant. no, no, turn down, turn down. Like yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah, better. Down like the market. Um, yeah, no, I remember you bought them, and the market kind of consolidated at this high. Um, or at least the spy did. Um, and it consolidated, consolidated, up, down, up, down, and um, uh, all of a sudden it just dropped. Mm-hmm. And it's been dropping ever since. Yeah, I, I did hit that perfect. Um. Yeah. And I think, yeah, interestingly enough, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, more and more, the more I've over, over the last, you know, four or five years trading, um, I've slowly realized that, that everything quite literally boils down to like the overall market and that there are. You know, some stocks, like I said, that go against the overall market. Um, but if you can really develop uh, an understanding of how the overall market moves, um, the chances of you like being on the wrong side of a move are, are very slim. Like I was playing uh, these huge market swings and hitting them perfectly. Because I understood and I understand now how the market moves. And you have to be in tune with the overall market. And I think so many traders just focus on individual stocks and don't realize that at the end of the day, everything is going to be a reflection. All these stocks are going to be a reflection of what the greater market is doing. And so, like you said, I remember being really heavy on that short position uh, and doing very well on it. And there was like a month and a half period of like, doubt, if you will, uh, where, you know, things were trading range bound, the market was trading sideways, uh, but I stuck with it. And I knew that like the overall, the the overall market would pull back because I, you know, had a good intuition to, uh, yeah. To the next move that I was expecting. Interesting. Speaking of, did I say that right? Yeah. Speaking of markets, I I got um, my point through. Did you ever mess around with like Forex or futures? No, never. No, I never traded Forex. No, or futures. Nope, just only options. I mean, you mess around with equities, right? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, 
like I was trading shares for a while there. I don't. I just found what worked for me, and that's just trading options, trading very risky options, right? Trading just naked well, calls and puts. It's yeah. pretty risky. I remember when you told me that. I pretty was like, risky what business. You're just trading. Yeah. Because I was trading um, credit and debit spreads. And that's like this trader I I I, I had met last year in LA. He, he was asking me about my trading style and what I was trading. I'm like, yeah, I'm just trading naked calls and puts, and he's like. He's like, wow, like you have to be an expert. You have to be the best to be able to trade naked calls and puts and be profitable. Yeah. It's like extremely difficult. It's extremely, it's an extremely leveraged position. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying credit debit spreads. I'm literally buying a call or put. No, you're right. And not many people are profitable doing just that. Yeah, and the issue and that is all I do. And the issue with that for beginner traders is in order to trade these types of spreads, if you're selling con you need like you need it's pretty capital intensive, right? Because if you're shorting, if you're selling shorts, like you need to have cuz you can go, you can lose more than you put in, right? So it's like mm-hmm. to do that, it's it's like there's a lot of barriers to entry all around trading, right? I mean, there's the the normal PD, the pattern day trader rule, right? You can't, you have to have 25,000 in the account. It's like, there's all these different. So you are in one way limited to what you can and what you can't trade due to the amount of money you have. Like you can even have too much money, right? Like if you have too much money, now you're worrying about liquidity problems, which I've never dealt with because I'm not trading millions of dollars in one position. Mm-hmm. But I mean, actually that's a lie. I have dealt with liquidity problems on like super, uh, low volume stocks I've tried to play option contracts on where I get in. Have you ever done this where you've bought an option contract trying to swing a stock and it's like, there's no volume. No volume. Yeah. And, of course. and then you're just, you, you, you know, if the contract might be in the money, but now you're going below like the mid. Now you're trying to, <clears throat> now you're selling below the mid you're selling near the bin. And it's like, no one's buying. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's, I've also had instances where I'll buy, uh, I bought really, low volume contracts and the spread's so large that all of a sudden I'm up like yep. so, so much money. And, and I think that's, I'm, I'm like ready to lock that in yep. and then you go to get filled and then all of a sudden the spread flips. And now there's like, uh, now I'm down like twice as much as I was just up. Yeah. It's really tricky. Um, cause you could just manipulate if there's no, if there's a volume on contracts, you can really just manipulate it. Oh yeah. You could totally, cause the bid and the ask is just where the volume is between the mid, right. Or that like above and below the mid. Like if you can look one thing, I mean, I have active trader on TD Ameritrade is a really good way to kind of visually see and understand the bid and the ask, right. You can see where there are sell orders. You can see where there are buy orders. And, um, but yeah, when the spread is that wide, it's like where there's no real defined place to buy because mm-hmm. there's the like the range is, is just huge, especially on a contract when it's leveraged 100 to one. How are these contracts? You have a position open. Uh, they're not doing too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Darn. I, I'm pretty confident in the position, so I'm holding them. I mean, there's a pretty clear pattern. It drops, pulls back, and then continues to drop. I think it's going to bounce off the 200 and uh, reverse. You can kind of visually see that uh resistance um but yeah i don't know we'll see if it gets above that 200 though closes i'm just gonna cut my losses which would suck to do on a podcast <laughs> seems like you have a solid trading plan yeah i've really refined my plan like i know where i'm taking profits and i know where i'm cutting my losses which is really important i've actually this is um i want to talk about this uh trading journal and mm-hmm. how important it is like i've been real like the last uh two months i'd say 
Mm-hmm. I've been really good at just like logging every one of my trades. Nice. Are you doing it uh, within a software or are you just doing it in your phone? I'm just doing notes? my phone notes. Yeah. I was just, I write like probably a paragraph or two about each position. And um, it's just made me really aware of what I'm doing, what like what went wrong. Because nice. if you're not, if you're, you know, if you're trading and then you make a mistake and you say, like in the moment, you're like, oh, shoot, I did this. I won't do that again. You're going to keep doing it. Unless you actually realize and you make a conscious effort to change, you're not going to actually improve. Like I remember uh, I was listening to, a, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts, listened to a podcast and uh, it was talking about Tiger Woods never takes a golf swing. His coach said Tiger Woods never takes a golf swing without consciously thinking of his swing, right? Like he's aware of like, you know, his hips initiate. I mean, I don't, I can't really speak too much on golf. I'm not a, a golfer nowhere near to Tiger Woods, but um, it's like you have to be conscious of what you're doing. If you're just mindlessly buying and selling and you don't know and like you're you say oh this went wrong that went wrong you can't actually improve so i think keeping a training journal for anyone who wants to improve as a trader um is super important and necessary and yeah that's my point yeah um i wanted to briefly mention briefly mention this because we're now further in the process of creating uh what might literally be like the greatest financial opportunity available to yeah. anyone and, and you're passionate about it. And so I think you should say a couple words of I'm, where we are now. I'm super, I'm actually very excited about this project. Um, mainly because you and I just, I mean, we've been working on this and the potential this has to actually help. There's so many barriers to entry to becoming a trader. There's, to Happy, becoming even to, to, to I wouldn't say to becoming a trader to be to making this a full time job exactly which is what this will do exactly and we're just essentially covering every single there's no there's no other offer out there like it. we are covering every single basis of a barrier to entry that there is right so the one of the biggest things for traders is funds capital mm-hmm. right it's very capital intensive and you can't make a living trading off of $5,000 account. It's just not going to happen. You're mm-hmm. not going to make 20% day in, day out. It's just, you're going to be risking too much. Your position side's too heavy. You're going to lose money. You're going to blow up the account mm-hmm. um, unless you were and, like some professional trader. and Or sorry, not professional, but like some godly trader who can predict the future. But um, yeah, so we cover that basis. We cover the well, another thing that's super complicated with trading is taxes. Capital gains tax, short gains capital gain tax is huge. And if the government's taking Uncle Sam taking forty percent of your P and L, I mean that's a lot of money, right? So setting up uh, legal entities to go along with your trading, be able to cut off your taxes. Uh, I think too uh, a good point is like no matter like how much time you have in the day to trade, um, there's flexibility there to where you can yeah. learn how to scalp. You can learn the best possible way that has proven to yeah. work and and continues to still work the number one best scalping strategy out there yeah. the number one best day trading strategy out there the number one best swing trading strategy out there and then risk management trading psychology this is all going to be taught by traders who the have best. been trading for 40 50 60 years yeah. right? so i so i Maybe mentioned not six years i mentioned in the podcast <laughs> I mean, this guy, I think he might have been trained for six years. I mentioned the podcast. I was on the phone with someone earlier, right? This guy, 40 years, he used to work in the New York Stock Exchange when it was on P 
paper. There were no computers. So he was talking about the transition from paper to computers, with the, which is crazy. I mean, the amount of market wisdom this guy has is unreal. So it's like people yeah. like individuals like this will be involved in this project and it'll be exclusive and we will cater the questions. A lot of the questions will probably, you know, come from our mentorship group now of people like, okay, like we can see the what people at this skill level are asking what they're thinking and trying to get inside of a inside the head of a trader who's been at it for two months, less than two years. And it's just gonna it's gonna it's game changing what we're doing. Yeah. I and it's like I I've said this, but it's like everything that I know I'm almost just about everything that I know has been put inside the master class, yep. uh, inside the mentorship. Like I only know so much because, and every trader that is the best in what they do only knows so much because they specialize specialize in it. Yep. Uh, and as much as as much as, I, as as much as I'd love to take the next five years to develop a better or a day trading strategy, a scalping strategy. Um, like I just, I can't. So it's, but, but as much as I, as, as I want to, I can't, uh, but I want to be able to help anyone who wants to, uh, no matter what their limitations are to become a full-time trader. So the only way to do that, uh, is to find these veterans who are the best in their, yep. in their industry and they have been the best and continue to be the best. So, um, we're putting together this, this panel of, of coaches. Um, and I'm using this community that I've been able to create, um, to, to do so. Yeah. I was just staring at the ground. We get all these comments on TikTok and they're like, Oh, he's just lying. Cause he's not making eye contact. <laughs> but when I get into something, I, I look at the ground. I'm going to try not to do That's that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, these people don't know that, um, Mark never went to a public speaking class in college. He didn't go to college. So, so. <laughs> I didn't go to any like, class or any no. training. Nah, no. So just yeah, all from That's interesting. I, yeah, just, I mean, just the I'm, to be honest, like I'll be honest, I'm excited to, have this, you know, have these veteran traders, the bet, the literal best in their industry. These eight, some of these guys are eight figure traders, $10 million and plus a year that some of these guys are doing who are going to be working with us. <laughs> and I'm excited to talk to them personally for my own knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I definitely don't know at all. And talking to these guys is going to be just as good for me as it is for everyone who's going to join this group. So mm-hmm. I'm just overly excited. Can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be good. We we really should have yelled at the people like downstairs. You guys are hearing him in the background, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, it's all right. How oh, long? What are we at for time? Oh, we are definitely over. Oh, well, the camera's rolling before. Um, probably around an hour, five hour, ten. All right, I'd say cool. that's a good so, note to start wrapping it up. It on. Um, we'll plug the mentorship group, which uh, is like our only offer right now. Um, I I give everyone the ability to copy my trades if they so desire. Uh, I say when I'm buying a stock, when I'm selling a stock, um, so full transparency there. Uh, and then I also teach my system, like I just mentioned. Uh, it's everything that I know, um, everything that I've learned over the last five, six years. It's been a while. And um, uh, I, I really, like at the end of the day, it's 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 amazing to see that what I teach truly has an impact on people's lives and that I can continue doing well during the bear market and continue helping people make money. Um, so I'll put the first link in the description if you're interested in that. Um, and, you know, check out the YouTube video. We post a day in the lifestyle YouTube video every week on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram, the Daily Traders and the Weekly, the weekly Traders. traders. Yeah. 
Uh, but hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And uh, without further ado, we will all see you in next week's episode. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>